Welcome back. You're Faith FM with Lyle and Minnie. Uh, it's time for our Encounter with God section. And Liam is, uh, Lyle is just rushing into the room as um, we're just getting our mics on. All right, so a couple of text messages coming through here during the uh, break in reference to uh, what we've been uh, previously talking about. Um, so interesting, blows my mind. It blows me away what is happening. I've never seen so many world events being so biblically relevant on a daily basis. Mm. Incredible times in which we live. Oh, hey, fully. Yeah, you know, I remember as a kid dreaming about living in days like this, and now I'm I'm living in days like this. And the weird thing is that, you know, it kind of creeps up on you kind of slowly over all of those years, and so he's like, yeah, that's happened, and uh, yeah, that happened, and uh, yeah, that happened. This is big stuff that is going on. I reckon this is why it gets you, right? Because it's insidious. Because if it was just nothing and then bam, you'd be like, wait, yeah, yeah, that's, let's just take a minute. You know, you just suss on it. But because it's just like this gradual just things and then you're like, oh, hold on a minute. How'd we get here? It's my theory. All right. So uh, somebody else texted through, it's only a matter of time before all true Christian stations will be silenced. Hmm. That's an interesting one. So let's enjoy the time God is giving to us. I think that was probably in relationship to the fact that we did uh, have a little bit of a glitch there and went off air, had to do a bit of a fast reboot <laughs> during the interview. Uh, but we did get ourselves back on air, praise God. Go, Liam. Um, and God, working with Liam, the two of them working together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got, us, got us back up and running again. So, um, All right, so we've got another one coming through here. Okay, so this one looks like a, uh, a news story. The Netherlands allows doctors to euthanize patients even without their consent. Whoa, um, what? So somebody was sending that news story through. And that's actually a true story. I've done research on that previously. And that does happen in the Netherlands. Um, I thought it wasn't. I thought euthanasia was about it being Okay, so consent. euthanasia is – the Netherlands is kind of where euthanasia started. Okay. And so by looking at the Netherlands, you can see where we will be in 15, 20 years' time mm-hmm. because they've had euthanasia, they've had it for 15, 20 years, they've got super used to it. Um, it's like anything, the first time you take a life, it's incredibly confronting. So I grew up in the bush, I, you know, as a kid growing up in the bush, you know, there was we animals and vermin that we used to kill and to shoot mm. and I can still remember vividly the very first time I saw my father take the life of an animal and I can still re- remember very vividly the first time I did it myself. Those are two events that you sort of never forget. But then, you know, farm life, mm. you just get used to it. Mm. And now it's hospital life and, you know, the first time you see, you know, some of the messes that they have to deal with in hospital or some of the operations that take place, people will feel pretty squirmish. And the first time they take a human life, that's pretty hard. Mm. But human nature is such that the most compassionate people can become used to anything. And when you become used to it, it's like, well, this is not so bad. And people just do it. This is this is the future of Australia. Going down the euthanasia uh, slippery slope has been proven because Every nation that has gone down it has started with like super strict, extra, extra strict uh, regulations around voluntary euthanasia, blah, 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 blah. And now you've got uh, the Netherlands where doctors are allowed to do involuntary euthanasia. How does that work though? Well, basically. Why why are they allowed to? Somebody who is terminally ill in incredible pain, they're not able to alleviate that pain in any other way. Right, 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 right. Okay. Interesting, and you can see it. You, you can, from a compassionate perspective, I can see a justification for that. 
you know, because once again, growing up in the bush, growing up on a farm, mm. if we had an animal that was in incredible pain and we couldn't do anything to take away that pain, what would we do? We would euthanize the animal. Mm. Put it, yeah, yeah, put it out of, out of its misery. It's a messy thing. But you're not dealing yeah. with animals. Yeah. You're dealing with human yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But if you're an evolutionist, I, animals and humans are exactly the same. Well, so well, why right. should it be different? The thought process actually does make sense. If you look at it in that it that way, yes. Yeah. If you don't believe in God and you're an evolutionist, mm. the thought process makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But when you see human beings as a spiritual being, mm. not just an animal, when you see them as beings that can have a connection with God, that can experience salvation, then that is you know, an eternal life and a relationship with God. Mm. And when you see that human beings are somebody that God so loved loved so much that he gave his life for and therefore he cares for and he will do what the best thing is and you can't trust you know it, you know that that look places a completely different perspective on the value of human life mm. in the evolutionary perspective human life is incredibly cheap mm. and worth very very little because all you have taking place at the time of death is a change of chemical composition. Because the chemicals aren't changing. Mm. They're just changing into a different form and then they turn into dirt and then a plant eats them and life continues and then some creature eats the plant and then some human eats the creature that ate the plant <laughs> and you just go round and round and round in circles. That's yeah. the evolutionary way of looking at it. Whereas... From a Christian perspective, we recognize that we are created by God to have a relationship with God, to be the friend of God for eternity. That is a very different perspective. And that that opportunity is brought to us by the death of God mm. on Calvary, the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary. Big difference right there. Mm. Very, very, very big difference. And uh, so, yeah, I can fully understand out of all of the evils that there are in our world at the moment, this is probably the evil that I have, if it can be put that way, the most sympathy for mm. because I can see where I, – I can, I can honestly see where if you were an honest-hearted secular evolutionist, this would make a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. However, once you reach the point of involuntary euthanasia, Okay, once you've reached that point where okay, the person is in pain, I can't. Do, this is the only thing I can do to alleviate their pain. What's the next step? What do you think it is? Because there's been a lot of steps leading up to that. Yeah. What do you think? I don't step? know what the next uh, step is, okay. but it frightens me. Mm. The next step would be mentally ill people who are not unconscious. Mm. I guess. I don't know, and and, and you know can't make it. You know, well. Oh, it's a big subject. Anyway. It's a huge subject. All right, so we've got yeah. a lot, bunch of quick yeah. text messages coming through. It's good to hear from you guys. We love hearing from you guys. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. Um, we'd love to hear your, all of your comments, and uh, we usually share them just before our Encounter with God section. Um, so, yeah, save our number in your phone. Absolutely. All right. Where are we up to? Well, we hadn't started. We haven't started. anything. <laughs> so obviously this whole week we've been looking at work, though. Yes. It's technically education. I don't know that we've talked about uh, that let's much. Let's just talk about work. Let's work just is talk the best. about work. Let's just talk about work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't really know how it connected in to that, but that's okay. I think some of the connections have been a little bit tenuous in uh, yeah. this quarter's Bible study, but that's okay. There's a 20 million movement. We all get to study the same passage of the Bible at the same time, and we all learn different things from it. Mm -hmm. First Peter. 
Chapter 2 and verse 5. If you are not driving a car right now or driving a tractor, then this would be a good place to go. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That was a bit of a shout out to my mate Aaron there who uh, helpfully texted us through to let us know that we're kind of having a glitch in our transmission who's most likely listening to this, could be listening to it in his car, but most likely listening to it in his tractor this morning. So. Tell me, what, where is it going, Peter? Which Peter? First Peter. First Peter. Chapter 2? Chapter 2. Verse 9? Verse 5. 5. I was yeah. like, that doesn't seem to make sense. But verse 5 might. This might make more sense. Okay, I'm just going to say a word of prayer, and then I will read this verse. Uh, Lord God, as we open your word, I just ask that you um, lead us into your truth and just the things we need to know of who you are. Um, God, just draw close... Uh, draw us closer to you, to your heart, and um, yeah, just teach us things that we can then go share with the world and just be a blessing. Thank you for your goodness and hearing our prayer. Amen. Amen. Okay, First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, please, Minnie, go okay. for it. Okay, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Okay, so let's think about the metaphor that we have here. The Bible describes us as what? Living stones. Living stones being built into what? Spiritual temple. A spiritual temple. Okay, so we've got to understand. So, so there's a there's a uh, there's a building metaphor, isn't it? Yes. And you've got construction taking place here, haven't you? Yes. And in that construction process, you're involved. Mm. And what are you? Well, you're kind of the work. Like you're the work that God is doing. Yes, you you are the materials that God is using yes. to build something. Okay, so let's look at uh, what is this spiritual temple. Let's go over the book of Hebrews or back to the book of Hebrews, mm-hmm. and we're going to find this somewhere in Hebrews. I don't know where. <laughs> Fantastic. But it's going to be in Hebrews. It's going to be later on in Hebrews. Let's try Hebrews twelve, and let's find out what this temple actually is. 22 and 23, please. 12, is that what we're saying? Yes. Okay, 1222 says, No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. You've come to where? Where does it start? Mount Zion. What is built on top of Mount Zion? Temple. The temple. So you've come to the temple. Mm-hmm. All right, so what is this then described as? Uh, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and an innumerable company of angels. Mm-hmm. Then what does it say in verse 23? You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. Thank you. Okay, the word assembly here, of course, comes from the word ecclesia or church. Interesting. So the temple is a symbol of God's church. Mm. And that's what we find, you know, throughout the Bible, the temple becomes a symbol of God's church. And so when you've got living stones, we are being built up into what? That? God's church. <laughs> yeah, I was like, God's church. church. Yep, I'm sorry. The question was too obvious. Yeah, I was um, like, I don't know. Is it a trick question? Like- <laughs> no, this is not a trick question. Um, so we're being built up into God's church. Does that mean then, then that, uh, you know, your future is to somewhere turn into rock and get um, plastered into a wall somewhere? Well, not plastered, the, mortared into a wall somewhere. Our first verse said living stones. Living stones. So how does that actually work? What does that actually mean? Hmm. 
I would connect it. It's not exactly what it means, but, you know, it just talks about present your body living sacral. I think it's just like. There is that connection there. There is definitely that connection there, and it comes through very strongly in verse in Second Peter, First Peter, two verse five, because it goes on to talk about the priesthood. What was your question again? Okay, okay. Let's go back over to. You asked me something, and now it's gone. First Peter chapter two. We're going to read another verse here. So, reread for us verse five, but also read for us verse six. I can do that. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Okay, so who is the cornerstone? See, we're building a building. It's it's God's temple. It's God's church. Who is the cornerstone? Because God places a cornerstone. I always thought the cornerstone was Jesus. The cornerstone is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this is an interesting metaphor that Jesus uses because uh, there was an actual event mm. when they built uh, the temple in Jerusalem. Ah, oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. yeah, there was an actual event where all of the stones for that building they were cut off site. Mm. They weren't on site; they were off site, and so that no, um, and th- so that no. Uh, what should, what should, what should we say here? No cutting or hammering tools were used on the temple site. So on the temple site, anyway, they had this very, very large stone that just turned up in the on, on the work site and somebody had ordered this particular stone and it didn't fit anywhere. And it was an actual pain in the neck because they had to walk around it and work around it all the time. And you can imagine this huge mm. block of marble that is just in everybody's way. Anyway, they came to a part of the temple where they needed to have a very, very incredibly strong uh, foundation stone that had to bear kind of the weight of the whole temple. And so they're looking and searching and searching, like, where is this stone? Uh, we need something really big to go here. And they weren't particularly looking at this one. It become this, they'd call it the stumbling stone. Mm-hmm. You know, the stone that you trip over all the time, although obviously they were too big to trip over. You know, these were like many, many times taller than a human being. Mm. Um, huge stones that they used in that temple. Uh, but they called it a stumbling stone. And uh, eventually, like, wait a minute, let's measure this one. They measured it up and, of course, it was that particular cornerstone mm. that they needed for that particular spot to hold the whole weight of the temple. Put it over there, put it in. Fitted perfectly, and Jesus, Jesus says, "You know, I am the, stum- the stumbling stone, mm. which you, know, you been, have rejected. You've been, you've been stumbling over me, yeah. left, right, and center, rejecting me, rejecting me, rejecting me. But I'm actually the head of the corner. Mm. And so that's the metaphor that we've got here. Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture: Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on me shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious." But under those that are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed has become the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to those which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto they were also appointed. And so he talks about this stumbling stone. And he's like, okay, you know, the builders rejected this stone. They didn't want to have anything to do with the stone. It was in their way. But it was actually the stone they needed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Jesus gets in our way and we stumble over him and we're offended by him. And then eventually we realize actually he is the head of the corner. Yep. 
Yeah, fully. You know what I find interesting about this? This idea that we we are kind of the work that God is doing, like we're part of this work. I can't remember where it is, but I'm so sure. You know one of the parables I think Jesus tells, and he's basically saying the servants were given work, they were sent out, they, came, they come back, and the reward to the faithful servants was more work. Right. Right? And I think that we sometimes go, oh, we'll go be in service with for God, okay, and then we'll go to heaven, we'll just relax. And I was like, well, actually, that's not really the way God operates. Like, from Eden in perfection, we have always been given this sense of purpose, right? Absolutely. And if God is a God who we know is at work in us, like God is a worker, and there's there's great blessing and privilege, which we've talked about all week, right? There's privilege and blessing in having work to do. And I yes. just think it's interesting because we often go, oh, no, no. It'll be good when I can relax and there's no more work. Indeed. Speaking about work, Aaron's not on his tractor. Oh, okay. He's on his motorbike. Oh, okay. Headset. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's running around the farm on the motorbike nice. listening to Faith FM on his headset. So when you can combine work and spirituality together and you can make Faith FM your workshop station, yeah, then that's the best. How good is that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so where are we? We're t- okay, so let's, let's, let's look at another aspect of these stones. If you look at the building that we're in right now, mm-hmm. uh, it is made of bricks, which is a kind of stone, artificial stone, mm-hmm. human-made stone. Mm-hmm. And it is sitting on a concrete slab. So you can think of the concrete slab as being like the cornerstone and everything is built on that big concrete slab. But it's not just the bricks that go into making up this building, is it? No. This is brick veneer, so you've got timber, you've got plaster, you've got glass, you've got aluminium, you've got rubber, you've got metal on the roof, you've got um, all kinds of different, you've got uh, trusses up there in the roof. All kinds of different parts of the building. Same with stones. Going to come back and talk more about it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So uh, Bruce has texted in to talk about um, the building Mm -hmm. of the temple. And how the stones were cut out without tools. There was no tools on the temple site. Yeah. So there was no, no, no hands were being used. No hand, human hands were being used to carve and fashion those stones on the temple site. He's pointed out a really interesting parallel that I have not seen before. Watch this. You find this in Daniel chapter two. Daniel chapter two. You find an interesting prophecy here. Of a great image, the Bible says this great image is made of gold, silver, brass, iron, and its feet were made of iron and clay. And then it says, you saw until that a stone was cut out without hands. Mm. Mm, Interesting. Uh, Which was cut out without hands, which hit the image on its feet that were of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. And then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that hit the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And then the Bible goes on to tell us what that stone symbolized. And it says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, a kingdom which shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So for as much as you saw the stone, that was cut out of the mountain without hands. Mm, mm-hmm. So in the building of the temple and in the prophecy of Daniel 2, you have this stone that is cut out without hands. And it is a significant stone. 
It is a significant stone. And if you go over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, where are we? Corinthians, Corinthians, chapter 10 and verse 4. The Bible is going to tell us exactly who the stone is. My Bible is falling apart to the point that it is. Shall yeah, I just read it? Just read it. Okay. Uh, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, there's your stone cut out with that hand right there. Yeah. Your rock, that rock is Jesus Christ, and we are all built as living stones on Jesus Christ to form God's church here on this earth. Mm. And as we began to say at the uh, beginning of or at the end of our last section there, this building that we're in right now is made out of all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. You've got wooden frames, you've got bricks, you've got mortar, you've got trusses in the roof, you've got metal on the roof, you've got some solar panels up there, you've got glass and aluminium in the windows, etc., etc., etc. God's church is the same. Mm. Because God's church is a little bit like Inca masonry. Oh, yeah. Uh Because every stone is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But every stone has its perfect place. We're not there yet. God is in the work of getting us to that. Um, that <laughs> yes, that perfectly united yes. in place. Yes, God is in need of a little bit of mortar at the moment because of all of our sharp edges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that in, in masonry is a very good illustration of uh, you know that's put together with oh. every stone a different shape and no mortar required. Fully. It's a great illustration of what God is trying to do. Uh, in our lives, you know, with us, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that next yeah. time. I, next time I do a presentation, that's a good illustration. All right, and if you go, of course, to First Corinthians chapter twelve, you're going to find that every stone is a little bit different. The Bible says, uh, "Why don't you read for us verse seven through 10. Okay, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. I'm going to read verse 11 as well. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Uh, Verse 12 is good too. Okay. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Okay. And this building that we are sitting in right now has many parts, Mm. many different parts, all going together to make one building. And so also is the body of Christ. You know what? I'm what? just going to get a little side tangent here. Yes. I actually like the picture of a body or a building, as far as church goes, more than the family of God. Not that I don't like the idea of family of God, but like just on a human experience level, I have lived away, like physically, geographically, away from my family for years. It's lovely to see them, but I don't live near them. Like I think I'm quite close with them. You know, my brother will call me up, we'll have a great chat. But I can do life very far apart from them. You look at a building, you look at a body, those parts are broken apart, it's a problem. This is an interesting thought you're raising You know right what I'm now. saying, right? Like, See, when the Bible was written, mm. the culture was that when you grew up and became independent, mm. you built a lean-to onto your father's onto house. Onto your father's house, yeah. 
But we don't live and in those times. And then you went and got your wife and you brought your wife mm. to there and you then you had children. When you had children, you built another lean-to onto the house <laughs> yeah. for the children to be in. Uh-huh. And this is kind of how houses were built. They all, all built up against each other. Building, you know, building houses was not an easy thing to do. And mm-hmm. so if you started with a wall that was already there, it was so much easier keep going. to just keep going. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Now, there are some cultures which still probably have more of that vibe going on. Very much on. so. Very much so. You look at our South Pacific cultures, mm-hmm. are much more like that. Uh, they will survive in this, live in the same house quite comfortably. Some of our Asian cultures, some yeah. of our um, yeah, there's there's you know, Middle Eastern cultures that are very very close knit families. I know that you know if I lived under the same roof as my parents, I would go insane in about the first you know <laughs> couple of days. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? It's a, it it's different. Generally speaking, in in a lot of Western world countries, we that's right. We we live. We uh, value independence. We do. Like we do greatly. I just and so the illustration breaks down a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe there's another way of looking at that illustration in a Western culture. Okay, so we need to hear from our listeners now. Yes, what do you think? We need to know how do we look at this illustration from a Western culture? Well, I think this I think the body thing works. The body thing works. The building, the building works. works. Yeah. Because the building, you know, the building can't survive. You take one of the uh, yeah. one of the members away from the building, and the building is just not complete. It's a problem, you know. Yeah, it becomes a major problem. We sort of have some major problems with our building right here. Whenever <laughs> yes. it rains, <laughs> been a problem for like the last four years. Yeah, but anyway, be that as it may, continues on. It continues with on. a problem. <laughs> That's right. Let's form a perfect body of Christ, a building for Christ in our lives. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so we've got a whole bunch of messages that have been coming through. We don't have time for all of them, but very quickly, uh, we've got this one uh, stating that uh, it's scary, but the next step would probably be to euthanize people who are a burden to society. We were talking about euthanasia mm. earlier and what's coming next, what's the next one on that slippery slope. Uh, that has existed in the past before. It wouldn't be hard to, well, having seen where it's gone, it wouldn't be hard to see it coming back again. Yeah. Um, and we also had. Um, Bruce drawing some parallels between the Sabbath and the stone cut out without hands mm. in that the Sabbath was, uh, you know, it was given to us. It was not something that was cut out without hands. It was something that comes from creation. That is a, rather than being something tangible, physical, it is a like a, a spot in time. Mm. Anyway, uh, okay, let's, now it's time for Question of the Day. Okay, in Romans chapter 4, verse 21, it has a comment and about how drinking wine can cause someone else to stumble. How can drinking wine cause someone else to stumble is the question. It's a very good question mm, right here. So Romans is. 4 and verse 21, the Bible says, uh, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So I'm not sure exactly how that one relates to what we're going to talk about, but we are going to talk about how drinking alcohol, how you as an individual drinking alcohol can cause somebody else to stumble. Mm. All right, so let's say that you're going to ignore the advice of the World Health Organization, which states that there is no safe level of drinking. And you're going to make the argument, which some do, that the Bible supports drinking in moderation. Mm -hmm. In other words, responsible drug taking. Yes, so you're just going to have a little bit of drugs, not a lot of drugs. Okay, so, you know, a drop of poison rather than a glass of poison, that, that kind of thing. Mm. So let's say you're going to go down that path. It's a very bad idea. It's a terrible idea. But how does that affect someone else? All right, watch this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to start reading 
think this one's illegal to read in Victoria, or nearly about to be, but anyway, we'll read it. Uh, don't you realise that those who do, who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitution or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So this was the passage that uh, Israel Folau, um paraphrased and got into trouble for. Okay, but one of the things here the Bible says is drunkards. Now, that's simply a word for an alcoholic. So that's somebody who's who has an alcohol addiction. Mm. So this is talking about is not talking about somebody who is a casual drinker, but someone who has an alcohol addiction. So the Bible is absolutely clear that if you have an alcohol addiction, this is somebody that drinks every day. If you if you if you're somebody, you know, who drinks every day, you are alcohol dependent. You have an alcohol addiction, the Bible says you're not going to heaven. That's pretty blunt language. And so then you get the person who drinks, say, once a month or twice a year, and they're like, well, how would that affect me in, how would that affect anybody else? Okay, I want you to think about this. Every, out of every person who takes their first drink of alcohol, Mm -hmm. one in seven of those will become, in Australia, an alcoholic. So one in seven will lose out on salvation. Okay, so let's say Jesus was here and Jesus is sinless and perfect and let's say that it wasn't a sin to drink in moderation and Jesus was like, you know, I'm going to drink in moderation. Let's say he's got, in, got invited to some uh, um, kid's uh, 18, 18th birthday party. And in Australia it tends to be a little bit of a rite of passage, 18th birthday party comes around and they take their first legal drink. Let's say Jesus turns up and he's like, well, here's a glass of alcohol. Um, you guys are all trying this for the first time ever legally. Um, one in seven of you will lose out on salvation if you touch this. And then he drinks it himself. Mm. What has he just done? He has set an example, and that is how you affect other people's lives. What you do in moderation, they will do in excess, and you will cause people to lose out on salvation just by drinking once a year. It's a dangerous thing. Dangerous slippery slope. Shouldn't go down there. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.